Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hi guys and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford. And on today's episode, I was very privileged to have a very fun conversation with one of my best friends, Daisy Clementine, who is the founder of Relate and Meditate, a new business that she has just started. But I was on the journey with Daisy and I have been for a number of years now of her trying to figure out what she wanted to do um, to start her own business and then also the journey to leave her nine to five into starting this business. And it's a really amazing story. I was really keen to share a raw, honest, relatable version of the feels of what it is like when you're in a nine to five, it's how you've been conditioned, it's what you know, it's comfortable, it's a good working environment and taking the leap to do it for yourself So Daisy shares her experience. I quiz her on where she got to where she is and what it felt like in the rawness and the realness of a very recent decision for her. I thought it would be super helpful for those of you who are out there who are maybe thinking of doing the same and yeah, get some insights and some practical tips on how to make your dream a reality and what it you know, what you might need to overcome in order to to take that leap that isn't always easy. But yeah, Daisy's amazing. She shares some incredible insights and some practical tips that she did that might be able to help you guys who might be thinking you're in the same boat as well. So enjoy this episode. There's lots of laughing and fun um, and also lots of wisdom. Be sure to check out her new platform called Relate and Meditate on Instagram and also on podcasts, Spotify and iTunes. I share a podcast episode on there with her as well, um, which was really fun. So go check it out and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Daisy Clementine. Hello, Kayleen Langford. Thank nice. you for having me. Lovely to have you. Cheers to you. Cheers. We're, we're sitting in my lounge room and we're recording this podcast over a beer because not only has Daisy got an epic story that she's going to share with us today, but also she's a good friend of mine and has been on the startup creative journey for many years now. And I have been very lucky to be on her new journey with her, especially over the last, I don't know, what would you say about a year? This yeah, has been it's been a whole year, basically. I just got that the letter from whoever you have to register your business name with that it's, it's up yeah it's up for renewal so I was like wow it's taken me a whole year started. Yeah. um awesome so we're gonna we're gonna dive in and I'll get people to introduce us you'll get to introduce yourself and your business but um I'm really interested in today's conversation and topic because as a business coach I often get asked the question When's the right time to leave your nine to five and to go out on your own? Mm. And that's a journey you've just been on. And we're going to break that open. Yes, about what you're creating. But I think this is going to be an incredible ah moment for people who are maybe thinking about leaving a nine to five and the real feels and thoughts and actions that need to happen behind the scenes in order to actually take the leap yeah let's do it i'm ready let's do it you ready 
Um, okay, introduce yourself and what your new business is that launched today. Okay, um, my name's Daisy Clementine and today I've just launched my new podcast called Relate and Meditate. So it's the tagline is the fast food of meditation. It's really barely meditations, but we created hyper niche um, short episodes that focus on solution-based meditations for people that can't meditate so actually when I was living with you you would get up and meditate every morning and I'd find it quite annoying because I was like oh like how are you doing that (laughs) (laughs) and I would never be able to do it because my brain was just like like just wouldn't shut up and I found like really guided meditations really helpful and so I've kind of made a super guided meditation about super niche issues so every day like as soon as I got the idea for the name relate and meditate I was kind of like um every day I'm going to think of what I would need a meditation for today and every day I would find one and that's what kind of um verified that it was like a good idea for me so um, yeah what are some of the meditations you're going to be launching so the first one is about jealousy in romantic relationships um there's another one about drinking too much there is one about preparing to go to ikea (laughs) um there's one about procrastination um yeah like a whole it really ranges from like quite heavy topics um from situations where people might feel quite lonely or um, it was really for that moment of, um, you know, when you're kind of feeling really shit about something or you're in your head and you've like, you've exhausted the amount of texts that you can send to friends. Like all your messages are blue. Instagram's not really showing up for that inspirational yeah, quote. Exactly. And so it's kind of like warm words to help um, be there. Do you there know what people. it is? I think it's like that moment when you're f- like you spiral or you, you get triggered and yeah. you start escalating and you wish you had your therapist on speed dial and yeah. could just be like, just give me a word of wisdom to help me like, you know, calm down from this situation. Yeah, exactly that. It's mm. pretty much exactly for those moments. And we've tried to make it really relatable, I guess, as the, as the I mean, name. I yeah. can't wait to tune in. Thanks. You're actually on it. So what do you one for you as well. <laughs> um, I did one on imposter syndrome and it's really beautiful little meditations. It's like a bit of a hype girl thing. So yeah, it's really like a bit of, yeah, like a G up. Yeah. I mean, so I'm not sure we're allowed to call it meditations, but the name rhymes. So <laughs> <laughs> we did. <laughs> well, let's roll with it. You get to do whatever you want now that you're your own boss. I do. Um, so let's dive into this because Daisy has been on a journey and as a good friend, I've had the seven, like 7am, like, (laughs) Hey, I'm out your front door. Can I come up (laughs) and like just processing this, uh, what needed to happen. So I think there's a lot of people who can relate to your story and just from my perspective, and then we'll dive into yours (laughs) is that, uh, Daisy has spent a lot of time with people working for themselves obviously she lived with me as a business coach and I probably preached to her quite a lot but um decided somewhere along the line which you're going to share with us that she wanted to also do something for herself and then went on this journey and I was really lucky to witness the journey and all the ups and downs and throughout the whole process I was like wow this is so interesting because there's so many people that I would be coaching or 
following us that would be going through this now and it's been six years since I've been through it so it felt a little bit distant and I think you kind of numb out some of the pain <laughs> six years on um, so I was really keen to rehash your story and try and pull out some of those really relatable moments and thought processes and and what you did because you've you've since recently gone out on your own and you've left some really great workplaces and um, some really great people behind. Mm. And, but, yeah, it hasn't been without fear and self-doubt. so much fear. Yeah. So let's maybe we can start at the beginning of, like, what was your conditioning or what was your upbringing like and what was the kind of expectation of you, of yourself or your parents or people around you in terms of starting your career? Yeah, so um, I was born, so I was born in Sydney, but I actually grew up in the UK, which is why I sound like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I was actually thinking about this a bit this morning. So my, for context, like from a family perspective, my dad is an insurance broker and has worked for the same company for like, I think like 35 years. So I feel like I get my work ethic from him but also like the shout out to ray shout out to ray (laughs) um but also uh that kind of expectation of staying in one job and really committing to that to climbing your way up so i feel like i get my work ethic from him and i have really stuck out some things um that have been hard at times and then my mum she doesn't work but she's just like a fabulous entertainer so um I and I'm sure we'll touch on this but as you know like I throw a lot of events for Microsoft and so I think I get my social my love of working with people and my entertaining skills from my mum and my stepdad is the one that kind of has that entrepreneurial spirit and he has his own business and was always doing like he bought I remember he runs it like an oil business in the UK and I remember randomly he kind of bought this massive advertising sign in London and it was just he'd never done anything like that before and it just seemed really random but he was always doing things like that that had like really great payoffs so I feel like the combination of having those three people that was the examples that I had set for me but obviously with my stepdad and my dad being quite polar opposites in their approach to business that left me in a place of feeling a bit confused with what I was like, what the expectation was of me. Um, so then did you go to, uh, you went to obviously high school. Mm-hmm. What was your, what was the, those kind of conversations or expectations or where did you see your life trajectory going after school? Yeah. So my school, um, my school was very much like one of those schools in the UK where it basically felt a bit like a filter for if, you know if you were going to Oxford or Cambridge University which are the two you know best unis in England great here's all of these extra out of hours classes and support to like help you do your application blah blah blah. and if you were not doing that there wasn't really much so that was kind of that kind of steered me in the direction of knowing oh you know um I should really be doing something academic. Um, I didn't want to go to Oxford or Cambridge. I think more more for like a rebellious reason, to be honest. Like I just felt really like, 
no, that's what everyone wants me to do and I don't want to do it. Um, and so I went to uni in Leeds and I, I really wanted to be a photographer, but it, even at that early point, that was quite diluted because that feeling of like, oh, I can't go and do a, um, like a really hands-on technical degree because it doesn't look good on my resume. Like I need to go and do something that's academic and more theory-based because that in the UK at the time was what was kind of considered a bit more prestigious. So even the way I chose my uni and my courses was all like influenced from that point. So not really from a place of what do I love to do? What do I want to do? It was just like, what's expected of me? Yeah. And it was always, it always kind of felt like meeting in, meeting in a halfway point. So I did end up doing photography. In fact, I got to uni, I did a communications um, degree, which I then changed to doing a photography degree, which was still within the Institute of Communication Studies. So I just left that on my left that on my resume and so we touch on your um confession one night out at the farm (laughs) (laughs) where you leant over and told me that you've always wanted to be a singer yeah yeah that was real that was so real um let that one slide I did let that one slide even that's extremely repressed I feel (laughs) oh it comes out don't you maybe maybe it will come out but um yeah, I remember we were watching Lord at Splendour. I remember that moment very oh, clearly. Yes. I've got a confession to make about my dream. <laughs> um, but yeah, even that actually, maybe that maybe that's a good example. I did really want to be a singer when I was in high school, but I grew up with my a very good friend of mine who's now Charlie XCX. And I think as the way is with high school, it's kind of like everyone has their thing and everyone has like gets put into a box quite quickly. So I was like you know I was kind of singing a little bit in the beginning and like we're in these like little girl groups together (laughs) oh god I'm so happy there wasn't social media like (laughs) around that time imagine that content so awkward um but we so Charlie eventually like was the one that was really obviously encouraged to like be in theater and do all those things I probably just needed like a bit of an extra push but no one really gave it to me like I kind of wished someone had just forced me to do it because I think it would have you know Maybe I'd be like really, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Daisy XCS. <laughs> um, but I did a lot of photography for her. So mm-hmm. I did the photography for her first like album. I think it was called 13. Um, so Adele. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was called that. Anyway. Um, so moral of these stories is that you, you didn't, you never really got given that option to be like, just do what you love and, you know, chase that dream and be creative. It was more like, subtly kind of allowing it to happen through the degree yeah I think so and like my parents were always quite I mean my parents were they weren't unsupportive of me doing what I wanted to do but they also didn't really know a lot about it and I think I was also quite I am quite introverted so mate it's probably on me a little bit as well I probably didn't really express it and it was just a lot of thoughts I had in my head so I think they would have been supportive if I was really adamant about one thing but because our school there was no there was no examples really of people that were working for themselves Mm. or like doing what I wanted to do and there was no communication of how that would be accessible to me so I Mm. kind of just I felt like I was just on a bit of a treadmill in a way like I was just like 
yeah just on a path and just kept going and I feel like I've only really just like stepped off of it yeah amazing mm. it, it's so it's so real and I think a lot of people are out there and I was saying to someone the other day that's like we're probably the first generation that's ever stopped and questioned and said you know what what do we actually love what do we want to be doing and um yeah so it's it's so normal and I think that's why we're having this conversation is because you've since allowed that conversation to flow and see where it would take you but where did so what was the you know the quick version of life from comms and photography in Leeds to um, obviously you've just come out of working for a design agency here in Sydney yeah um so I as soon as I finished uni which even though I switched to a photography degree because of the uni I chose to go to because I thought it looked better on my CV actually I didn't really have that much technical skill like I was quite self-taught but I moved to Sydney I was meant to come on like a three-month holiday and it's now been I think six years classic backpack yeah um but I got a passport so you know it's like it's different um you do live in Bondi I do live in Bondi um just blank that out (laughs) um so I came over here did kind of a backwards gap year I guess normally you do it before you go to uni I did it afterwards because you know I just did and I was making a bit of money like here and there picking up photography jobs then I was like oh I should probably I've got to pay rent and so I just picked up a day a week at being a receptionist like I really didn't care at that point like I was kind of just like I'm on holiday I'm on an extended holiday and I'll just do whatever to get cash like I I think I took a year off from being ambitious ambitious at all like I was just kind of like whatever as you would if you you thought you were just traveling and then a year went past and I was like okay I need to get a proper job so I applied for so many jobs all in like PR agencies because I had this like kind of fake comms degree um I applied to a bunch of PR agencies anyone listening to this that um is maybe a bit younger and going through the process of applying for your first job when you've never had a job it is so hard like no one will even look at your cv no one will talk to you it's like just being rejected like a hundred times over and so uh i did eventually end up getting a job but this is quite embarrassing but i i baked these (laughs) like little cupcakes and it's actually in hindsight the most PR thing I've ever done I baked these little cupcakes and I put them in this um <laughs> oh my god I can't believe I'm telling this I put them in this like it's not very COVID safe but keep going this was years ago <laughs> yeah. but um I put them in like a like a cooler bag hid them in like this massive handbag I had did the interview everything went really well and then at the end I was like <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> I was like, oh, by the way, I we had a party for one of my. <laughs> one of my Keep going. Have I, ever, so good. have I ever told you this before? Never. This is fabulous. Um, Do whatever it takes. People. Yeah. I was like, oh, I've just, just try to be so casual. I was like, oh, by the way, we had a party for one of my housemates last night and these were just left over and I thought you guys might like them. And like, they were so meticulously wrapped as well. Like I spent so long, I spent like a whole weekend doing this. 
and I got the job <laughs> and I was like wow okay so that's like, you really sometimes have to just be a bit weird about it well I feel like it's it's actually I'm really glad you told that story <laughs> because um I think that's like it's a sign of going above and beyond you know mm. and really standing out from the crowd and I think that's an actually really good business tip mm. PR agencies also love sending cupcakes to people. So, <laughs> Nailed it. so without knowing it. Cupcakes, you got the job. You're in PR in Sydney. Full-time job? Yeah, full-time job. And I actually, um, I remember really, really clearly the moment of someone showing me to my desk. And I just had this, this like cloud of thought where I just thought, oh my God, I have to sit here every single day between these hours. And it was just like this feeling of dread. Mm. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I was like, oh, this is what everyone does. So I guess I just, I guess you just figure it out, right? So, yeah. So do you feel like that was one of the first times that you realised maybe you weren't going to be a nine-to-fiver forever? Or was that just... No, I thought I just had to suck it up. You just like, yeah, I've got to... Yeah. yeah, I just thought, oh, adults just figure this out and everyone does it. So yeah. eventually it will be fine. I remember that. I, I remember writing a list of my dream job. And one of the things that I wrote was that I wanted to dress up for work and have a fancy office. And I got it. And then that was the things that I hated most about yeah. the job in the end, you know, and I think COVID shown that where everyone's just like work from home in your pajamas and, mm. um, you know, it's almost like the Hollywood version of a career, you know, that people think that it's going to be fab, but okay, cool. So you're in PR. How long were you in PR for? This is a really extended story. Sorry. Yeah. You can cut this down. No, go for it. Um, well, the funniest thing about that job, so I did that for about, I think just a bit over a year and I was such a brat, you know, like I remember my parents coming to visit me in Australia and I remember honestly, honestly crying before going to work every morning. Like I hated it and it wasn't because the actual job, I had a pretty difficult manager in that first role who I don't think liked me very much, probably because I didn't like having a manager very much, but um, I was always very polite because I'm British <laughs> um, and so I was in that job for about a year and I decided that I wanted to go back to the UK and just hang out there and travel around Europe for six weeks and so my boss at the time signed off on it he was cool and it got vetoed by someone else that was higher up and I was like okay well I quit then and they were like what? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to quit. Like, I've got, I've got my first job under my belt now, so it won't be that hard to get a second rogue. one. Yeah, rogue. So I quit. Um, went back to the UK for a bit. Came back without a job. Um, found, actually, no, found a job online through a friend of a friend working for an events agency, which I did four days a week. So that was like my, that was my first little step where I was like, okay, I'll get a job, but I'm not doing five days a week. Do you know um, what I think is great about this story? And maybe you didn't realize it at the time, but I have since had these realizations about me. It's like when you're in the moment, you just like, you know, you're doing what you do to get by. And then in hindsight, you're like, uh, I was a really shit employee. 
No, I think I was really good. You're good at working. I think I was really. I think I was a really good employee. But I think sometimes to be to be like an employee that people want, you have to be fully, fully, fully invested in that person's business, Mm. which I always found it very hard to be. Yeah, I mean, no discredit to you in the career that you've created (laughs) because you've done some very incredible things. Um, but it's like those little moments where you're like, other oh, resistance has always been there. Oh yeah. Like they were like, can you do five days a week? And I was like, no, <laughs> that's a no, <laughs> it's a not an option. <laughs> okay, cool. So you're kind of in this PR, let's kind of get to the juicy bit. Cause I think there's this, you, you actually build yourself up into a very credible PR company. You develop, um, this amazing influencer program. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So I worked at that events agency then, I left that because it was like really long hours and I started studying a design degree actually which is maybe like worth noting for people that I think sometimes when people or for me anyway like when you're in a career nine to five you kind of just think initially oh maybe I will like doing a nine to five but I just don't like this career so I started doing a graphic design um uh certificate part-time part-time in the evenings whilst working four days a week then I quit that event agency. Then I went back. I ended up ringing my old agency that I'd left, my old boss, who was like just so lovely. And I said, hey, can I have my job back? I'm only doing four days a week and I actually want a pay rise as well. <laughs> <laughs> just like so ballsy. Um, and I got it. In fact, I think they put me on like a trial period for like a month of being like, all right, you've got to step up though. And I did. So that was that. And then... Um, I, I did that for, God, maybe four years, stayed with that agency again. So, but that agency got bought out by another one, Mm -hmm. which kind of made it feel like a bit of a change in jobs. Like we changed office, it was Mm -hmm. new teams. Um, and I had a really great, not only my boss at the time, but also, um, the director of the agency as well who's like now still like a really close friend of mine they really empowered me to be a bit of an entrepreneur like within that agency so I think that's what kind of like settled my need to uh go and start my own thing because we as an agency won um the Microsoft account which is obviously massive it's like a it was a massive achievement at the time and it was when we were it was we got it when we were like the small little agency before we were bought out um and they said oh hey um Microsoft aren't currently doing any influencer marketing do you have any ideas let's try and pitch in something small and so we did and uh ended up I think we got like 30 laptops given to us, minimal funding, basically just like, here's some funding to take some influencers out for coffee, which is like how we met. (laughs) That's where the love began. (laughs) Um, And see how you go. And now that program is still running and, you know, the funding is massive for it, which is just like amazing. And because they let me build that within that agency, it really and I worked quite independently I felt really satisfied with being there and there were it was quite loose in the way that um did you always still have that like what if like you know did you was there still a little bit of like nine to five ick I mean 
it was kind of dulled in a way because I was allowed to work from I did I worked four days a week and then that eventually I had to go back to five days but I was like fine but I'm working from home my bosses were really flexible with me and so it kind of dulled it and I think a lot of people again would probably relate to this where companies especially now like after COVID I think are being a lot more malleable with Mm. how they let people work it's funny you'd say that because I'm thinking of another friend who called me a few weeks back well similar and was saying you know I've got to quit my job okay I've got to quit my job and like I you know I feel like I'm the person who gets these calls all the time yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) um but who else would we call yeah (laughs) um but then and it was that back and forth and I'm probably getting more savage with it now because I'm like, get back to me when you've quit. <laughs> like, mm. But I, it was a similar thing of like, you know, you, you have this feeling of like, oh, could I, you know, do I want to work for someone and be at this desk? Um, but then you kind of talk yourself into, well, it's really good here, you know, like, mm. and it's, you know, I've got, I've got these perks though. And what do you think is, keeps you? in a nine to five like what like if we talk about maybe some of the lies that you tell yourself or the things that maybe not lies but some of the things that kind of keep you from maybe exploring Mm. I think flexibility for me is the main one you know if you ask for oh I want two work from home days a week and um you know I want to bring my dog to work or whatever (laughs) and they say yes um it almost tricks you into thinking that you you've got it good you've got it good and also that you're in charge of your own life more (laughs) but actually you're not because you've had to ask for permission to do that Mm. you know and so weirdly I've just come back from my first ever holiday where I didn't have where I didn't have to ask anyone if I could go on annual leave and it was the weirdest feeling ever Mm. it was just like what so I just go do you think that the certainty of money coming in was a uh yeah for sure like I think uh again for me I've always really tried to find that balance between doing what I want but also doing the sensible thing Mm. like the amount of times I would write down you know my expenses every month and like figure out how much I would have to be earning and then kind of put it in the too hard um basket and not really picking it up again for a while like I did that so many times and also actually the main thing I think is like not feeling like you don't really have like a solid enough idea Mm. of what you're leaving to go and do Mm -hmm. because I didn't really like when I left yeah I vaguely I mean I vaguely knew, but... I mean, I feel like we spent a few months being like, what could you do? And we went through a few different business models. So we really did start from the beginning of being like, what are you good at? What are you passionate about? What do you actually want to do? Mm. Because some of the things you were good at, you didn't... You were were like, I know I'm good at that, but I'm done doing that, you know? Um, But yeah, that's a really good conversation because I think that there's... You know, if it's, and I think this is what a lot of people would be looking for is that, you know, it does, just because you might know that you want to work for yourself, and that's a trajectory that you see for your career or your life, I think it's okay for it to take time 
you know, mm. and I think that was a lot of conversations that we were having is that you were very adamant with me. Like I'm probably more impulsive mm. and, um, than with my mother would say, and you're probably a lot more structured and, you know, um, planned. And so you, I remember you kept reiterating, I'm not going to just like jump, you know, okay. I'm going to like, I need this plan and, mm. and this is what I have to weigh up. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've read like every, as well as talking to you, I've read like every self-help business advice book and podcast like under the sun. And, you know, everyone on the whole does really say, oh, just jump or just um, build up your other business in the background until you have enough money to like work off of it. And neither one of those approaches really, really felt right to me. I don't know. I guess I did jump in the end, but the thing is for me... It was me, a calculated jump. It was a calculated jump. Like, like there was, was like, a bit of a mattress on the bottom yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't going to die. Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, it's also, I think it was like six month planning calculated jump, mm. which is fine. And that's your, that was your personality and that was your journey. And I mean, I definitely had a plan as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, what were some of the things that you started to do in order to feel comfortable to take that leap and also I really want to know if you can remember what it felt like was it like a bubbling up of like enough's enough and I can't keep doing this existence like what Mm. was it what what was the feeling like for you when you realized that you couldn't keep doing a job for somebody else Mm. um well I guess to give a tiny bit of context so last year I ended up working two full-time jobs pretty much like it was COVID I had no life and so I was running Microsoft's influencer program creative program and as well as working at an amazing graphic design agency which you know no one was going out so working weekends working the evenings um it didn't feel like I was overworking but then what started like creeping in and like adding to the mix was that I would try and pick up photography jobs or like other little jobs or you know getting the idea to start that podcast and so eventually it was kind of like I had three jobs but this third one was kind of like the one where I was testing different ideas and feeling like I had to do something else to feel satisfied. I just felt really deeply mm. unsatisfied in what I was doing. Um, That's a really good... I actually had this conversation with a client yesterday who's doing very well mm. in her work but and money's coming in and it's abundant, but she's like, I'm so unmotivated because there's this other part of her business that hasn't been getting energy mm. and that's like the sole purpose of her business. Mm. You know, like That's her truth. And it was like, and I was like, you need to go, you need to give more time and space to that. You know, yeah. it's like, you know how to make money. And I think what maybe the realization is that, and especially in the startup creative world, is that we're making money as one thing and paying the bills as one thing, mm-hmm. but doing something that you love and getting paid to do it. It's like an effortless way of making money. Yeah. If you're doing something you love. I mean, obviously there's boring stuff too, but um, yeah. And so there was like that feeling and then essentially what happened was 
I just worked myself so much that I got really sick over Christmas. And like, this is a classic story as well, right? Like your body knows. Mm. Like my brain would rationalize it all the time. And then I realized I was like, oh cool. Like I'm in hospital having like severe stomach problems and my hair's falling out. And, but in my brain, I was like, this is totally fine. Like I'm killing it. Like I'm balancing everything. Then I got boyfriend and I was just like, I don't have time to see you. It, it kind of put things into perspective because someone was trying to hang out with me and I realized how little time I had. Whereas with friends, you can kind of be a bit more, oh, hey, like I'm free now. Like, what are you doing? But when you've got a boyfriend, yeah. it's like, oh God. I was like, oh God, you want to hang out with me all the time. <laughs> but it wasn't really that. It was just like, I didn't have free time available. So I think, very long-winded answer again, but I think getting sick was really that was really the point where I was like okay something has to change and I don't know I didn't even know what it was at that point even at that point actually remember I was like oh I just cut back on my hours like at the design studio and I think I've always tried to make jobs work for me I've never really been like a quitter like I haven't been like a serial Mm. job jumper I've always tried to have that like entrepreneurial um way about it and see where I can add value in other parts of the business that would be more satisfying or um, where I could actually help them a bit more and use my skills but um, you know it was just it was just too tricky and so eventually I just made the call to leave Mm. and so let's talk about that because I think this is the difference in the startup creative podcast is that it's nice to say oh and then I just left but what did you did you know what you were going to do when you left no I had no idea I knew I was going to do the podcast but in my mind and still I don't know it might just be this but in my mind I was like okay that to me feels like more like doing an art project or doing um creating a body of work that I kind of went into creating that with the mindset of this could be a business and I have some ideas for how it could generate income or it could just be something that's really helpful for Mm. people to stumble across if they need it. So I actually didn't really have a plan, but what I did have, I basically last year, because I was working so much, I was like, okay, my goal is to um, buy a house next year. Also this year. Um, And so I had money. I had a lot of savings in the bank that I could have, you know, gone and bought property with, but it was kind of that decision of, oh, I'm 28 years old. Do I really need to do this now? Or do I use some of those savings as some padding to buy myself some time to kind of like figure out what I want to do? Mm. Or where, like, it's hard. It's actually really hard to figure yeah. out what you want to do when you're so fucking busy. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to force myself to do, which is why I got sick. <laughs> And I think that's a really valid point. And I, I mean, from my perspective, it was that, you know, we were weighing up. I saw this rising bubble in you of being like, I have to at least give, give working for myself a crack. Like it was this mm. moment of you being like, I, you know, and from my perspective, I'm also like, you're so talented. So like I weighed it up in feeding back to you and being like, there's all these ways you can make money um, if you apply yourself whilst you figure it out, mm. you know, and 
I actually really like the concept of starting something that like relate and meditate that do- isn't necessarily a business model yet, mm. but has potential to be a business model. And there's no pressure on it to make money straight away. Mm. And I think that can be a really beautiful place to start a business because you're actually able to be creative and you can launch and you can take feedback and flow and see what the needs are and how people are receiving it and then what doors will open. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I am lucky in the sense that I still work with Microsoft on a project-to-project basis, which you know, as anyone that's worked for a big corp knows can be quite unpredictable because money kind of trickles down from corp and um, you never really know what's coming in. So you can't, it's not, it doesn't feel stable, but I'm lucky to be going freelance with my first client being Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft. Like, you know, uh, but I think that's it doesn't, important. it doesn't feel that brave because it's like, all right, like, you know, it's, it's not a bad place to it's not a bad position to start in do you think that you would have gone freelance had you not had that security yes <laughs> yeah i think i think so because i think the majority of my decision was based on how much money i had saved mm. and so and also now that i've got quite a few years of experience under my belt I know that I can always be employed again. Like the mm. fucking minute I changed my LinkedIn, um, which I like never go on LinkedIn, but I was like, I should probably update it and let people know I'm not working here anymore. The minute I changed it, I had all these recruiters message me and try and like offer mm. me positions or so interview me. the things that made it feel better for you were savings in the bank, a freelance contract client mm. and knowing that you worst case you scenario, can go back to employment you can go back yeah yeah and so did you weigh up the numbers like did you say how long you're going to give yourself or you know when you had enough savings or what did you do yeah um so i i kind of made a marker in my savings where i was like all right I don't want to really go below this amount with my savings. Like I was, I'm never going to drain all of my savings trying to like chase my dreams. Like it's just not so like, not me. Um, But, and I worked out how much money I could live on like comfortably as in with my, like without compromising any of my lifestyle for the next six months and kind of mapped that out a little bit. And to be honest, I haven't really thought about it past that point. Like I haven't really thought, oh, after that, then I'll go back to getting a job. It's, it kind of feels a bit like having just blind faith in that things will show up. And they do. It's weird. It's actually weird how things just pop up. I think that's the thing that it's, I always give the advice of like, just start because once you're in the game, then you, things will happen that you couldn't even predict, you know? And it's like, we have no idea, like we were just brainstorming before this and like dreaming into w- what Relate and Meditate could unfold into. But you have, like if, if people had told me some of the things that would happen and who would come to Startup Creative and say, can you do this? I would have blown my mind. Like there's no way. And I think that one of the biggest uh, skill sets or assets or, or personality traits that anyone in this really early stage needs is being okay in the unknown Mm. and also 
I feel like if I hadn't, if I hadn't have waited to the point that I did to leave, I think I would have left with like the wrong energy. Mm. I would have left with like a fearful, um, really uncertain energy. And like, I still feel uncertain now, but in a more excited way, Mm. you know, like in a more secure, like I'm calling in like good things way versus that kind of scarcity mindset of like, fuck, fuck, fuck. I'm not Mm. gonna make any money. And I think that's the place of like, you know, your body starts to get sick or you're burning out or you're hating your manager or whatever it is that you're experiencing in that space of, I have to leave a nine to five and everyone has different experiences. And for me, I think it's that um, if you leave from a place of burnout, then it's really hard to create something new from that space. Mm, Yeah, exactly. So I actually, I mean, I didn't leave as soon as I got sick. I actually like stuck it out for as long as I (laughs) could but um it's it's actually hard to leave when uh it's hard it's harder to leave a job I think and this is kind of what you said before that is good Mm. like I feel like I had a job that a lot of people would Mm. want and everyone I worked with was super nice and super supportive and it's like it's really hard to make that call where and actually for me that was the tipping point because it was like okay I have ultimate flexibility I never have to go into an office if I don't want to one of the girls in our team like moved to Byron the company has really good ethics like every everything was there in terms of like dream job status whatever and I was like if this isn't enough flexibility for me or room for me to create how I want to create Mm. and work on the things I want to work on then the only natural step from here is to work for myself Mm. I love that so much that's really really good advice you're going to put that quote on a tile I am that's (laughs) going to be on Instagram stay tuned and I think that's a that's a good place because it's like there's always that tipping point and for some people it's like they're moving towards aspiration and inspiring and what else is there and some people are moving to are moving away from um you know i can't exist here any longer so it is different for everyone but i want to jump into how does it feel now and what were those first few weeks like because you know i think it might have been a 7am when you turned up at my doorstep and you walked in with your pods and you're like I've quit (laughs) and we danced around the apartment I was like I'm so proud of you and um and there was you know we had a countdown and Uh, all those things but what did it feel like once you finally like were on your own I feel like I'm gonna have a really anticlimactic answer because um it feels let me think about this I want to be like I obviously want to be like oh I'm free like la 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 but how I actually feel is like kind of I don't know. I need to. Th- I need to think about this. You're gonna have to. Well, cut you out were this able course. to take the, the take the holiday, right? I think that was a really good point where you were just like, and I think you were away, and I was like, when are you back? You're like, I'm not sure, and I was like, get it, girl. Like, yeah, you know. But was there like, fuck, what have I done? Or no, that's actually the main thing that's weird about it. 
Yeah. That's the that is the main weirdness to me because so I left the design agency I was at and simultaneously I was working on this like really big event for Microsoft. So I almost was so busy after I'd left that I didn't really I didn't really feel the gap because I picked up so many extra hours like working on this event and then after that was done I immediately went on holiday for two weeks and this this week really is the first week where I've been back and it's weird like I still I still naturally feel that um oh like I've got to wake up and like be on I've got to sit at my desk at nine Mm. I still really have that and I think I might have that for a while like mainly because like I'm just not I'm not someone that's just not gonna work Mm. I've got things to do I'm really happy that I had relate I'm happy I think as long as I have a project that I'm working on I feel I have purpose and I'm fine. My main worry about leaving employment was kind of like going into a depressive spiral where I have no purpose if work wasn't coming in. Mm. But then I realized that you just, you just create your own work. (laughs) (laughs) You just make it up. Startup creative. Exactly. (laughs) But I think that it's actually also worth noting, and I'm glad you brought that up, is that you did you started doing branding for relate and meditate you started concepting you started you you invested in a podcast mic you you know we sat and did some like mapping out of what it would be and who it would be for you started reaching out to contacts Mm. like you didn't you you did all of that in preparation so i think it's you know it's a really amazing story of um somebody who was able to take that leap and it's not all glam and it's not all, you know, yay, I'm just going to do it and everything's going to work out. I know. That's why I feel kind of bad in a way when you're like, oh, how does it feel now? The, I think the strongest thing I feel is that it doesn't feel like, oh, fuck, what have I done? Mm. Which is the best feeling ever. Yeah. Because I am the biggest warrior that I'll regret doing But I don't things. think that's bad advice because I think it's like what you're actually showing people that if you decide that you do want to work for yourself... And you start preparing for it and then you weigh up the options and you, you come up with a worst case scenario and then like it, it you actually are creating safety for that leap, you know, putting the mattress at the bottom. Yeah. You know, so I think that's good and I think that's, that's a really good sign and gives people really practical tips of if they do want to leave, then it maybe isn't as scary as you think. Yeah. And also... Um... I feel like I was really hard on myself for years that I hadn't done it sooner. You know, like I felt a lot of my friends are freelance and I felt really resentful is a bit too strong of a word, but I felt really jealous, obviously, that they were kind of doing that. And I felt like for some weird reason I couldn't. Just It's funny how you just suddenly feel things and you don't really know why you feel them, but I was like, oh no, I can't do that. Um, But yeah, it's like, be nice to yourself and you'll know when the timing is right like if i if i had tried to force it it just wouldn't have been the right time mm. i just knew i think i just naturally knew that it was mm. the right time and i didn't feel super i didn't i know i did all of this stuff for relate and meditate but i didn't feel super prepared i really yeah. didn't it's like it's almost like you make the decision and can't turn back yeah <laughs> i think though what i what was inspiring about your journey which I think would help a lot of people is that yeah it wasn't this big dramatic leap 
but every day you got up and you were like, you know, what would a meditation be? Or, you know, like you were thinking about it and you were having conversations and you were brainstorming and you were shooting photography and, you know, like you kept mm. yourself creative and thinking and until the right thing landed. And once it landed and you're like, okay, I can do this. And you, you kind of allowed yourself to sit down and practically map out, which I think is a really good step. It's like, let's practically map out what leaving would look like or when's the right time to leave or, you know, what's the level of risk that you're willing to take here, mm. um, which I think is all great advice that you do. Yeah. I have a question. What is that? Have you told your dad yet? <laughs> no. You actually haven't. I haven't. It's one of those things where it's like, if he asked me directly, which I don't think he ever would, I would obviously tell him, but I just haven't. It just weirdly hasn't come up I think I'm still you know I'm an adult and just about and uh having that um permission almost or yeah validation from parents is still so important you know like it's still I think even now like I would be so rattled in fact no I did kind of try and tell my dad I said to him I tried to, like, test the waters a bit. I was like, oh, um... You know I'm going to send him this podcast. (laughs) I was like, oh, I've um, cut down on my... I'm cutting down on my hours at Smackbang because... 100% uh, cut down. I was just like, oh, I'm just cutting down on them a bit so I can, um, you know, I've got a bit more Microsoft work coming and some other things coming up. And his only thing he said to me was, oh, well, don't cut down on them too much. And at that point, I was like, oh, we'll probably pick up this conversation in about a year. (laughs) Just give myself some time to, like, figure it out. Until you need a loan. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. It's such a great story, but I want to leave on your number one tip. Somebody's out there, maybe they're feeling the feels, their idea's been planted, or they're ready to start planning on taking the leap from the nine to five. What is your number one tip, Daisy Clementine from Relate and Meditate? Hmm. I think it would be just spend some time with yourself and figure out what you actually like working on because that for me still now is the most confusing part of it all and um as soon as that's clear and as soon as you also kind of figure out what your non-negotiables are with your life in general um it makes it all a bit easier amazing great advice thank you for being on the show thank you for having me (laughs) feel famous (laughs) thank you so much for tuning into the startup creative podcast if you get a chance head to itunes and leave a rating and review And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.